You don't need to know the route. You give me a time and a place. I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours. No matter what. Anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own. Do you understand? you're in a big city on your bike walking or on board a bus you might be there right now look around you there is something in almost every main street you might have never paid attention to before a piece of urban furniture that has escaped your attention its role is much more useful than you think today we're talking bollards That sound clip you heard earlier on is from the 2011 film Drive, starring Ryan Gosling. Its chase opening scene was analysed by the team of Bollards in Movies, a fun website where the authors explain the effectiveness of traffic bollards in the world of film. On the site, they look at how these sturdy vertical posts could have changed the plot of hit movies such as Terminator 2, Back to the Future or even Batman The Dark Knight. Bollards would have rendered impossible the reckless driving of the film's protagonists and antagonists to the greater safety of the rest of the citizens. Someone who also pays attention to bollards and their impact is Fran Graham. I'm Fran Graham. I'm the campaign's coordinator at the London Cycling Campaign. I do a lot of work with our local groups across London, so helping them get the most out of their campaigning. But I also get the chance to do some bigger London-wide stuff like the Holborn protests that we did in August. We sat down with Fran to talk about why something as simple as a bollard can be such an instrumental piece of infrastructure to cyclists. This episode is part of our series around simple concepts improving cycling in cities. Welcome to Movement. I'm your host, Thomas Slater. So Fran, what's the origin of the bollard in London? Urban mythology says they're recycled French cannons from captured ships taken at the Battle of Trafalgar. Can you shed a bit of light into this, please? Um, well, it's kind of true, <laughs> that myth. So um, bollards have been around. They've been a ship thing traditionally, used to moor boats. Um, but after the Napoleonic Wars, loads of ships that were captured vessels came back, some here to Wapping, um, and they had loads of cannons on them. And there was a, a bit of disagreement about what they should do with them. Some people wanted to sell them off, and the British government weren't that happy with random French cannons being sold on the streets. Um, so 
It was also around this time um, that there were a lot of incidents involving pedestrians and horse and carts as well. Um, so some very enterprising person decided that, well, we can solve this if we ram a, a cannon in the top of the um, cannonball in the top of the cannon to make it redundant as a weapon, stick it upright on the corner, stops a horse and cart cut in the corner, reduces the number of accidents. That's where we get bollards from. And obviously now, in modern times, bollards come in all different shapes and sizes. They're not all recycled cannons. But after some brilliant upcycling, I guess, in the 18th century, we have um, the modern bollard. Great. And you can see that, um, that design style, especially around Wapping. We've actually got some of the uh, cannon bollards just down the road from us here in Wapping. But um, they come in all different shapes and sizes now, though. So why should people care about bollards? Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, so um, London, but lots of other cities and towns across the UK, um, they're facing a couple of really tricky, knotty issues at the moment. We have illegal levels of air pollution that are causing harm to children and adults. We have an inactivity crisis. Nearly half of all adults aren't getting the exercise they need to stay healthy. Um, We also have climate change that we need to be addressing as a matter of urgency as a country Um, and we also have congestion specifically in London and congestion actually costs the city um, billions of pounds a year as well. Um, So quite big, tricky, difficult issues to deal with Um, and one of the key solutions uh, for all of those issues is getting more people walking and cycling. Um, Bollards are really, really helpful to do this, which sounds like a bit of a leap, but What you're talking about is um, one of the main reasons why people don't cycle very much. Um, One of the key things that comes up time and time again when you ask people why you don't cycle is that they're scared, they're they're worried that the roads are dangerous, they're worried they're going to get in accidents. And despite the fact that statistically it is quite safe to cycle around London, it doesn't always feel safe to cycle around London. Um, And using bollards, placing them strategically can make the streets feel much safer by cutting traffic levels. So if you reduce the number of cars going down a road, it suddenly feels much safer. It feels um, much more comfortable to cycle down and you get all the added knock-on benefits as well of you have less air pollution on the street, less noise pollution. You then get all this space that can be repurposed for other things because it's not being used for cars. So it has these wonderful, brilliant benefits just from a single pole stuck in the middle of the road. So there's this really funny website, Bollards in Movies, where um, the writers of the website imagine how film plots of famous movies could have been changed, you know, if bollards were where you would expect to see them. So, for example, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator, Ryan Gosling in Drive, and even a scene from Pulp Fiction that they discuss, hey, listen, this would be completely different if there'd have been a bollard right here. Apart from potentially affecting the plot, famous movies what do you think the impacts and benefits are of bollards in the cities that we live in it is about um reducing motor traffic and i think in residential areas specifically what we're seeing quite a lot of in london is a lot more rat running so you've got apps like waze and google which means that if they can shave a few seconds off your journey when you're driving by sending you down a residential road, that's where you'll go. So we're seeing a massive increase in the number of rat running that goes on, the amount of cars going down previously quiet residential streets, rather than sticking to the main roads and following the main road traffic. 
Um, so bollards are a great way of just cutting that back significantly. So making the roads not completely inaccessible to cars, but making them what's called access only. So only the people who want to get to those houses can access the street. You can't drive through the street. So people who aren't visiting the street, aren't going to the street, don't use it anymore. And that just drops the traffic level right off. It's very difficult when you're talking about bollards to actually see their impact because they're quite, you know, they're, they're humble things. They're not big, loud, expensive pieces of infrastructure. But when you are cycling around, you can usually notice when you are in an area that has bollards in it, just because all of a sudden there are less cars about, it's quieter, it feels safer. Um, so there's the, the, the classic examples in London are Hackney. So back in the 1970s, they put in a lot of bollards, um, what's called filtering an area. So they put a series of bollards in to cut the traffic in an area. And they did this to stop crime. So they had a lot of um, drugs uh, being traded on the streets. They had a lot of prostitution. And in order to drop that sort of curb crawling activity, um, they filtered a whole area. Um, and as a result of that, there's a huge cycling culture in Hackney because it's nice to cycle in Hackney. Um, you've also got in Waltham Forest, which is also a, it's a more recent uh, example of filtering going on. Um, but we've been, um, as the London Cycling Campaign, campaigning for Dutch style infrastructure uh, to be rolled out across London for, for years now. And part of that is this kind of filtering of large areas. And um, because of our campaigning, Boris Johnson, when he was in power, um, created a programme called the Mini Holland Programme, which provided funded for large area-style, uh, Dutch-style infrastructure to go in. Um, the Mini Holland Programme in Waltham Forest has just taken that and run with it. And they've been filtering larger and larger areas of the borough. And that's seen a huge jump in the number of people walking and cycling in the borough. It's been really successful. It's won loads of awards and is routinely held up as like the way that boroughs should be moving in terms of encouraging more walking and cycling. You can't really spend any extensive time riding around London without noticing that, really. Mm. The example that comes to mind is a section in De Beauvoir. Mm-hmm where you have a sort of crossroads where the bollards really help you to have a totally safe feeling section, whether you're an experienced cyclist or, or not, and it, it feels really uh, perfectly designed for you to feel safe on your bike. Another thing you can't help but notice when you're out and about, as soon as you uh, start bearing it in mind, is the variety of designs of bollards. Do you personally have any favourite designs? I do because I'm a transport nerd. So <laughs> down in um, my neck of the woods, so I live down in South London, we've got um, a couple of really nice examples. So um, Peckham have got some really lovely, huge, rusting, uh, Anthony Gormley designed bollards. Um, they've also got some more delicate um, ones with sort of pink swirls all over them, which were designed by Zandra Rhodes. Um, but also you're seeing more boroughs being creative with what they use for a bollard. So one of my favourite types of bollard isn't actually a bollard. It's um, a big plant pot. So rather than sticking a post in, you can stick a massive box full of soil, which can be used by the local community for veg growing, for wildflowers, for just general greening of the street. And I just really love that that space being taken back from motor vehicles 
and in a really effective way being used to make the environment around the, the street nicer. Um, and you can also see when that space is being taken back, if there is a bollard put in place, that the area around it benefits from it as well. So also just around me, there's one very small filter. It's a, it's a minor road. It would be used as a cut through to avoid some traffic lights, but they closed it off years ago. And when they closed it off, they also invited local schools and artists to decorate the area around it. So you go through this little tunnel and there's like mosaic whales swimming down the side of it and like pretend um, fossil structures sticking out the wall. And it's just really creative, lovely space. And it's a space that was created by shutting the road with a bollard. So do you think in general cities need more bollards and... Other than that, what do you think cities need to do to simply get more people cycling in them? Um, Absolutely. I think cities need more bollards. I think as the London Cycling Campaign, we campaign for cycling infrastructure, and that is a whole host of different things. I mean, the the classic example in London is the East-West Cycle Superhighway, which runs along the embankment. Now, that's a high-quality, segregated, physically protected cycle track. But that's not appropriate for every road. And, you know, for smaller residential streets, it's not appropriate to put a cycle track down it. But what you do need to do is reduce traffic volumes, so reduce the number of cars going down it and reduce traffic speeds. And bollards are a really cost-effective way of doing that. Um, We've been doing a lot of work with councils to sort of show them the advantages and talk to them about it. Um, The... TfL have got a new funding programme called Liverpool Neighbourhood Funding at the moment, so councils have money available to do these kinds of schemes. They are controversial. All cycling projects are controversial. Um, But it's funny, when you go back and you go back into those communities where they were really, really worried about the filtering that was going on, you go back and talk to them now and they'll go, oh, but it's always been this wonderful and lovely in the area. We've, we've always had streets this quiet and their, their perception of how their, their community has changed is it's not changed. It's always been this nice. We wouldn't ever wish not to have the bollards there, um, which is really it's great progress to see. Absolutely. That's, that's such a good point, Fran. So finally, as an individual citizen, what can I do to improve urban cycling in my city? So I think one of the things that I would suggest as a cyclist is that you talk to people about how much you love cycling and how much you want everyone else to be able to cycle. So for the London Cycling Campaign, when we we campaign on issues, we often come up against, um, oh, well, if we're doing something, it's just for cyclists. And we have to dissuade people of that myth. We're not doing things for people who cycle, although we do work to make their lives safer and more enjoyable. But it's also about the people who don't cycle, who would want to cycle in London, but don't feel able to cycle. And we do a lot of our work to reach out and make the world and make the environment in London much safer for them. Um, And one of the ways that we can reach through and get that done is by having everyone tell their councillor how important cycling is to them. Um, Quite often, the councillors only hear from the people who are upset about losing a parking space because a bollard has gone in, or the people who are worried that um, they might get more traffic down their road if a bollard's going in on the road next to them. Um, Our response to that is always, well, let's put a bollard in on your road as well. Let's do more, not do less. Um, but writing that, just writing an email to your councillor to say, 
I really want more cycling in my area. I want more infrastructure in my area. It's really powerful. Um, and if you want to find out what is actually happening in your area to get a more specific, I want to let my councillor know about X thing that's happening on the road near me, um, get in touch with your local London Cycling Campaign group. Um, they are the experts on the ground. We have them in nearly every borough um, and they'll be able to let you know what's going on near you. Um, and lastly, the most important thing you can do as a cyclist in London to make things better is join LCC. Um, we campaign tirelessly we're a small charity but we have a really big voice and by joining lcc you add to that voice and help us when we go and talk to councillors when we go and talk to tfl to encourage them to do better and do more Today we've learned how a seemingly humble and innocuous piece of infrastructure like the Bollard has the potential to create serious shifts in the way people move around cities. They offer one of the simplest and most cost-effective cycling measures to shift motor traffic away from congested roads and streets, but there are also a series of knock-on effects Bollards create. Improved air quality, potential for protected cycle routes, improved neighbourhood and community atmospheres, and the overall benefit of allowing citizens to reimagine how we choose to move around our city. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this was Movement. I was your host, Thomas Slater. This episode was recorded in London, November 2018. Music was by Jazar. Learn more about Beryl and our mission to get more people in cities on bikes at beryl.cc. And say hi on social media at We Are Beryl. <laughs>